Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Tuesday Testimony with Queen Mo. I am your girl, Queen Mo, owner of ShopMoLavish.com, an online women's boutique, and also a YouTube influencer. My YouTube channel is Monique Lynette. And so I'm so happy to be here with you guys in honor of National Women's History Month. I will be highlighting Queen Esther, one of my favorites from the Bible. Her story and my takeaways and things that I think will help um, women still now in this modern day and age that we live in. Um, So let's get right into the episode. I am so excited to share this uh, with you guys and I pray that it helps and you know you find some strength from it and find some encouragement from um, Queen Esther there. As you know, a small amount of women in the Bible. So I'm just glad to be able to highlight uh, one of my heroes um, from the Bible that I do love and enjoy to hear the story. So let's get right into this, guys. Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know, do not forget to make this your favorite, leave a rating or leave comments wherever you're listening from on whatever platform, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Facebook Podcasts, this helps move the community and grow it more and get it in front of other people. And then I have and then there is a monthly subscription set up for Tuesday Testimony with Queen Mo. Yay, yay, yay. Um, the monthly subscription is $0.99. Cent, and then you get exclusive subscription content that goes out to the subscribers. That you'll get encouragement. You'll get um, 30 minutes little special content that other people will not receive or other messages that other people will not receive once you become part of the subscription you will be able to have access to those special contents and also um the headquarters for tuesday testimony with queen mo is actually tuesday testimony with queen mo.com also you can email Tuesday testimony podcast at gmail if you want to give any praise reports or be featured on the show and also all the links will be down below in the description if you have any questions thank you guys so much for your support and let's make this podcast grow and be bigger and bigger and make it our own community with our own testimonies our way thank you guys we are healed by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony so faith without work is dead so let's do our job let's be here be obedient walk in purpose walk in assignment and support each other and make this our own community thank you guys spirit of the living god fall fresh on this message lord for whoever hears this i pray for them i pray for their family pray for health and healing lord i pray that you decrease monique and increase you and let the message be heard to who it's supposed to be heard to father god i pray that they get takeaways from this i pray that this motivates and encourages someone in the same way that it did for me i pray that it draws it closer to you and closer to the kingdom father god Thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you so much for allowing me to be here in good health and strength and mentally here and physically here and for increasing my spiritual life, Lord, and blessing me. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen.
Hey guys, so this episode will be called A Queen and a Servant. Okay, so Queen Esther was the second wife of King Xerxes. And King Xerxes got rid of his second wife. He actually divorced her, Queen Vashti. So Esther was the second wife of King Xerxes after he divorced Queen Vashti. He divorced Queen Vashti because he was throwing this elaborate banquet, festive that went on for days and days and days. And he wanted to show everybody in the kingdom how rich he was. And he wanted to show off his beautiful wife. Well, when he called for her, had the servants call for her, she did not come. She was actually throwing a banquet of her own or festival of her own for all the women in the palace. Because, you know, back in those times, he didn't have one queen. You had the queen. You had the concubine. You had uh, the other wives that the king had. So she was throwing a celebration for uh, the women and he was throwing it for the men. So she, he called for her and, um, the Bible says he was high in spirit, which means, you know, he was on that liquor and she did not want to come. So, um, he felt embarrassed and he asked his advisors, what should he do? And they told him he should divorce her and exile her from the actual kingdom. Because if the rest of the women hear about how she is not, cooperating with her own husband they will try to do the same so they had to make an example out of her so he divorced her and um made her go away from the kingdom so they said you go find we'll find you actually some beautiful virgins and you can pick and choose who you want and you'll take another wife and this is where esther comes into place so esther it does not go, you know, into detail. You know, the Bible doesn't go into too much detail. But it sounds like Esther had a rough life growing up. She lost her mother and she lost her father and her older cousin, Mordecai. I believe I'm saying his name right. If I'm saying his name wrong, sorry. Her older cousin, Mordecai, took her in. And so, let me find his name. Hold on. Okay, so her older cousin, Mordecai took her in and raised her so when they were looking for um young beautiful virgins for the king they came across esther and mordecai advised her not to say that she was a hebrew woman to just go along with it so they take esther um they get her there she follows all the directions they had to do like uh, beauty treatments and oils and pampering for six months, um, almost to, I believe, a year before they could even be brought before the king. And she found favor in that. God gave her favor still um, in that situation, which that was one that stuck out for me. God gave her favor from day one when she got there. So when the king saw her immediately, he was pleased with her by her looks, her body shape, and he put the crown on her head. He gave her the queen count crown right there on the spot. 
So after about seven years being married to King Xerxes, this is when it all go down. This is like Esther been living good. Esther has found favor with the king. She's basically over all the women now. You know, she's looking good, smelling good, got her outfits and stuff on. The king is supplying it. He is very pleased with her and anything that she does. And so Esther got it good. Esther is living a good life over there in the palace. So on the back end, the king's second in command, Haman, he does not um, like her cousin, Mordecai, who raised him because the king made him second in command. So whenever he's supposed to come, you're supposed to bow down to him and basically worship him like a god whenever he comes into, whenever he comes, whenever he's near you or in your vicinity, you're supposed to bow down and worship him. Well, Mordecai did not bow down and worship him because Mordecai answered to God. So he could not bow down and worship anybody other than God. So when Haman um, was trying to figure out, well, why does this man, everybody else bow, this one man don't bow to me. And, you know, what's his problem? What's up? He found out that he was Jewish. For some reason, I guess Haman didn't put that together that Esther was Jewish or Hebrew as well. But it, it does not say um, in the version that I was reading from, which was the NIV version. So he was like, I can't stand him every time I come around. He doesn't bow down. I want to have him killed. In fact, since he's Jewish or Hebrew, I want to have all the Jewish people killed. And so Haman comes up with this plot and decree and actually puts money in and have the king sign off on it that in a year from that day that they were going to have all the Jews killed and whoever killed them would actually be able to possess their land, their um, goods, whatever they had. So whoever slaughtered you um, and you were Jewish, they could take your stuff. And it was all to be set up on this one day and he had the king sign off on it and the king put his sig um, signature ring or his signet stamp on it and he sends it out to all the 127 providence that he was over. So Esther's there. She has no idea that this is going on, but Mordecai was higher up. So when that came to Sosa, I think it's Sosa, I always say it wrong. When that came to his providence and he read it, he was like, oh my God. So he went and all the Jewish start going, all the Jewish people and the Hebrew people start going into mourning and tearing their sackcloth. And a rule of the kingdom was that you could not come into the actual palace or in the kingdom vicinity and mourning. So Mordecai went all the way and stood outside of the kingdom and did his mourning. So Esther sent word for her bodyguard or her servant to go out there and see what's wrong because this is her uncle that raised her. This is her uncle that has raised her. She loved him and she's trying to figure out, well, what's going on? Why is my uncle sad? So he sends his servant. She sends her servant. I'm sorry. And, um, Mordecai tells the servant everything about the decree and what is going on and she needs to speak with the king about this and try to save her people. 
So Esther sends word back and she's like, listen, the king does not send for me. <laughs> this is why I have you wrote. Esther was like, the king does not send for me until another 30 days. So back in those times, if you went to the king and he did not send for you, you could be executed right there on the spot unless he gives you the golden scepter. So she was like, I can't do it. He'll kill me if I come in there. And he didn't call for me. So then she had her servant go back. And then um, her uncle, he drops this on her. You know, the uncles be dropping knowledge or her cousin drop knowledge. The elders always have good wisdom for you. So he said, you're living high now, but do not think that once this decree happens, that you are safe as well. Because even if you're up there in that palace and you're feeling like you're safe, your family will be slaughtered. Your relatives, your friends, everyone in your village that you know, they will all be killed. So you cannot sit here and try to ignore this because you're living in the, you're living in the palace. It still could come to you. Or she, stood, she still could have been killed in the palace. Who knows? So Esther finds this courage and I'm just thinking of this young girl, you had this hard life and you're living good and you got this king and you found favor and now your people are threatened to be slaughtered within a year from now and your uncle or your cousin, I don't know why I keep saying uncle, but your cousin who's raised you is now telling you you have to do something about it. So in this moment, Esther could have just been fearful because a lot of times we don't do things because of our fear and just wanted to save her own life. She didn't tell them she was a Hebrew or Jewish, so nobody knows. So she had two options. She had to rise and stand up for her people, also expose herself at the same time. Or she could have sat there out of fear and hope and pray that nobody figured out that she was Jewish on that day. But if she did that, all of her family, all of her friends would have been slaughtered on that day. So how can you live with yourself? And she's a young girl. So she had two options. This is where... Esther helps me make decisions as far as being a woman, Monique, and as far as being Queen Mo, who, as I refer to myself, I make decisions not just for myself, but for the generation coming behind me, for my family around me, for um, the kingdom. Every decision I make can't be about what Monique wants and what Monique needs. Sometimes I have to sacrifice for the greater good of my children or greater good of my family members or greater good of my health or greater good of other things that are bigger than my initial desires. So Esther sends word back to her uncle and says, gather all the people of Susa. Do not eat or drink for three days. In three days, I will go before the king. And her famous quote was, if I must die, I must die. Where do you get that kind of courage from? It's nobody but God. 
in my eyes, that's how I see it. It's nobody but God. She put her life on the line for her people and also decided to expose her own self, come out of her own safety zone for the greatest good or of everyone else. This is where in my eyes, she becomes the queen. And so they did exactly what she said. They prayed and they fasted for three days. And in three days, Esther goes before the king. He sees her and he goes, Esther, what are you doing here? And he gives her the golden scepter. And she finds favor in his eyes after those three days. So Esther shows up and she finds favor with the king and he wants to know what it is that you that she wanted and so I'm gonna stop right there this is my takeaway from it she did expose herself for the good of her people but I love that she said let's pray and fast for three days I am new to praying and fasting. I believe in 2020, January was the first time I prayed and fasting and actually learned the power of it and learned um, more self-control. I learned more how to push down the flesh and really focus and hone, hone in on God's word speaking to me and being alignment with him so if that's something that you have not tapped into, one of your spiritual tools that you have with the Lord, it's very, very um, spiritual. It's a very, very spiritual time. And it's not for you to tell everyone that you're fasting. It is just your personal journey with God and you give up things and you give up food and social media and other stuff. But I love that Esther said, do not eat or drink for three days. This was serious. She put some pressure on that fasting. They put some pressure on that fasting because their lives, all of their lives were at stake. And so I love that was my takeaway before any major thing. And I've incorporated that into my life and also in my prayer life. Before any major thing that's happening, I fast and I pray um, and I spend that time and I open my heart and open my ears and open my eyes to listen to what it is that God is trying to tell me in this time or how I should move or where I should go or what I should do instead of leaning on my own, you know, understanding or doing what I want to do. So praying and fasting, if that's something that you have not incorporated in your life, Please incorporate that into your life. Please put that into your spiritual toolboxes that you can use, you know, as a Christian, as a believer, when you're going through tough times. I know we're prompted to want to get on the phone and talk to our friends and talk to our family about what's going on or, you know, pray that we get approval on something or pray that we get the job. But to go into your spiritual toolbox and tap into your fa fasting and praying and opening your heart, mind, soul, spirit, everything up to listen to God. Once you fast and you pray, I know for me, once I fast and I pray, whatever I'm meditating on, whatever I'm focusing on um, during that time, once I come out of that alignment and I don't get it, 
or I don't receive it, then I know that that's not for me. I know that whatever I was praying for, it's not for me or he's protecting me against something. That's where your faith comes in. So I'll move on with the story. So before I move on, I just want to give you guys uh, two resources that I use to actually help me in my prayer life and guiding me with um, fasting and praying. Um, I don't know if you if you guys listened before, a big book that changed my life was Prayers That Avail Up Much, the 25th Anniversary Gift Edition. It's by Jermaine Copeland. It's three of her best-selling works, um, Prayers That Avail Up Much, Volume 1, Volume 2, Volume 3. The book that I have have all three books. Um, you can pick and choose which one you want, but I'm like, you know, why not get it all in one walk? So I have that book and that helps talk about fasting and praying and sometimes we don't know how to pray or what to pray for this book has a prayer for every single thing that you're going through parenting everything um so check that out and also with fasting and tapping into your spiritual toolboxes i'm big on the bible app you can find me on there as a friend request um i have my prayer sisters on there and they send me something every week the bible app is with you version or you can do Bible app on your Android or Apple and then there are plans inside and you can go through the plans about fasting about being single um, about uncertainty about leadership there's a plan for everything and it walks you through every day so it helps you build your prayer life up and if you just are you know getting tired of old materials or just reading through the Bible this is actually a good um devotional and help as well so I do use those two things um faithfully and they have increased my spiritual rim and helped me use my spiritual toolbox so I wanted to tell you guys about those resources as well this is not an ad I'm, I'm not getting funded or paid or anything those are the two things that I use um so let's get into the story so let's get back into the story so once Esther gets there, this is how Esther, to me, put me up on game. I feel like my mom, she was alive. She always put me up on game and how to present myself at work and, you know, how to talk to a guy and how to handle difficult situations. Um, I miss that. She's been gone now for 12 years. Uh, March 5th uh, marks the anniversary. And so um, I love that I can still get some wisdom from the Bible and get God's take on it. So... This, I feel like Esther, for us single women, for us married women, this is how um, her actions showed me how to approach things, how to even approach things with your man, with your spouse, um, with your friend. Um, but it showed me how to handle myself as a woman um, when I do find my king and how to present myself. So let's get into it, girl. I feel like Esther gave tea. Like Esther was like... Let me show you how to do this, okay? And I believe the glory of the God, glory of God was in her, and that's how she found favor. Um, so that's why I said queen and servant, because she was a queen to her people there, but at the same time, she was a servant for her Jewish people as well, which allowed her to be in this situation. So after three days, she went before the king. As soon as the king seen saw her. He granted her the golden scepter. So that's step one. She had to get that golden scepter or he was going to kill her right there on the spot. 
So then when she came there, you know she had to have them like her best clothes, her hair was done. You know she didn't come there looking like Raggedy Ann in front of the king. So she goes there. And this is how I know Esther was bad because he said, like bad, like look good. You know, if you're not up on my on Monique terminology, <laughs> or Queen Bo terminology, she was bad. She had to be a baddie, a bad sister. Because when he saw her, he gave her that scepter and he was like, Esther. What is it that you need? Because you will be granted everything up to half of the kingdom. All you have to do is ask for it. So you know Esther was coming, you know, with that ay ay ay, honey. If he was like, you gonna get everything up to half of the kingdom. So what Sister Girl did, what Esther did, she came in there, she got her scepter. And instead of answering the request, this is where the game come in, y'all. The peak game, single women, married women, peak game. He said, what is it that you want? Now, she could have been hasty and just said what she wanted right there. But, oh, no, 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 no. Esther said, if I can find favor in your eyes, if it pleases the king, can I invite you to a banquet tonight? You... And Haman, Haman was his homeboy, the second in command that had issued this decree and actually put down money to have all the Jewish killed. Can I have you guys come? And then Mordecai, I believe, came there as well. So before she came, Sister Girl had done set up this banquet. I believe she did before she went in there or she went back. And she set up the banquet, this dinner, this fine cuisine. The king was like, sure, of course, I, I will come. What is it, you know, that you want? She didn't answer him. She just invited him to dinner. I was like, oh, I didn't think about that. So then the king could not go to sleep. And he asked one of his servants to um, come in and read the book of the kings, like all the history since he's been in reign of his kingdom. This is where I feel like God came into place because it was really troubling him that he saw Esther, but he didn't really know what he wanted. But I feel like God put it on his heart to have him have the servant read this historics to go to sleep the the thing that i point out about this particular book in the bible god is not mentioned in it god does not talk to anyone in this book of the bible but you can see where god hand is moving in every step of this way because mordecai told esther you can ignore us and then everybody's going to get killed. But don't feel like you're safe. And then he told her, maybe this is why you were appointed queen. Maybe this is why you're in this position for this exact reason to save all of us. So that to me was like clue one. Okay, maybe God did put her, gave her favor and put her in this position of power to save her people even though now at this point they've been exiled they've been taken away from the promised land that God gave them and they're way over near Persia with the king of Xerxes so God is still granting them favor even outside of the promised land even in a foreign land and so the king is up he can't go to sleep and he's like read the history so in the history, it's pointed out that Mordecai, Esther's cousin, saved him, the king, because there was a plot to have him killed. But the king was trying to figure out, well, why nobody ever rewarded Mordecai for this? So when Haman come in there the next day, 
Haman goes, and I want to get too deep into it because you guys can read the book of Esther, but Haman went home after the banquet. He was feeling himself. He's like, I'm second in command. He told his wife, he told all his friends, I'm second in command. Um... I'm second in command. The queen invited me to dinner. You know, the king had me there. Like, who else is higher than me? Like, he was feeling himself. And so his wife was like, well, why did she just ask you and the king to come? That's kind of weird. You know, like, you better watch her back. And he was like, yeah, everything was going good. But, you know, Mordecai was there. Like, you know, he can't stand Mordecai because he want to have Mordecai kill and all his people. He was like, Mordecai was there. So they told him... I don't, I don't know if it was, I can't remember if it was the first night or the second night, but they told him, have him killed. Let's make this big, um, stick, like this big stake out in front of the house and we're going to have him put on it. So yeah, it was that night. So he went there the next morning. Now mind you, the king went to sleep after he figured out, after they read to him. And then, so his first ordeal in the morning, when Haman get there, is asked him, why was Mordecai never why was he never rewarded for what he should do and what should we do for someone that has helped the king so he's like oh king you should if you really want to put someone else um have them highlighted put on put them on your robe and give them your ring the whole time while he's saying this he thinks that this is for him child he thinks that he's gonna get the glory and the honor and even more higher than what he already has he's gonna put on the king clothes so the king said great Go get Mordecai and go do that for him and actually walk around and he's got to yell out and worship Mordecai and all hell to Mordecai and this, this and that. So that day when he went in there to try to have Mordecai um, kills or put the plot in with the king, he ended up having to praise Mordecai. So I think he put, yeah, he put the stake up that night because he was mad. Um, that he had to do all that and he was embarrassed. So after that night, um, the king at the, at the first banquet, the queen asked them to come back to another banquet. So they came back to the second banquet that night. And, um, he asked Esther, okay, what is it? Like, what is it that you want? You know, you still haven't told me. He asked her three times. You still hadn't told me what it is that you wanted. So she said, you know king so the king asked her for the third time at the second banquet what is it that you are requesting king queen esther so the king asked her for the third time at the second banquet what is it that she is requesting so esther finally after her husband asked her the third time she says, if I have found favor with you, king, and if it pleases the king to grant my request, I ask that my life and the lives of my people will be spared. For my people and I have been sold to those who will kill, slaughter, and annihilate us. If we had been merely sold as slaves I would have remained quiet for that would have been a trivial matter to warrant disturbing the king see how she put that game see how she put that game down on him first off if it pleases the king 
let me tell you what it is that I need and if I have favor. Second off, can you spare the life of myself and my people? She never used Hebrew. She said myself and my people, which meaning she put herself first. She had a game. That's the head of game. Esther was like, can you spare my life and my people? Now, you know good and well he's the king, and this is his wife with whom he loved out of all the other ones. You think he want to hear something about, can you spare my life? Who in the world trying to kill my wife? No, he wasn't for it after that. He probably blacked out after that. And then she strokes his ego. She said, if we were just to be sold as slaves, king, I would not have even disturbed you. But we have been sold to be slaughtered and annihilated under your providence. So this is why I had to bring it to your attention. And the king said, who would do such a thing? Who would be so presumptuous? To touch you. Now you know he hot about that. Who's going to touch his wife? So Queen Esther replied. This wicked Haman. Our adversary. And our enemy. It says, the word says. Haman grew pale. And the king jumped up to his feet. And went out to the garden. So Haman stayed inside. And he was trying to beg the queen. He fell on the couch where the queen was sitting trying to beg for his life. But when the king came back in, he saw Haman over there by his wife. And he was like, "You gonna what, you going to try to assault her here? Like right here in front of me? You you trying to touch her? Like what what are you doing? So they had him picked up. You know, his um, the king um, officers or officials had him picked. They picked him up. And the king was like, um, one of the officials hollered out, and it always be somebody. So I be trying to tell you, uh, say sometimes, sometimes you try to plot for others, or I know everybody heard that. Sometimes you try to shoot for others. His whole plot was to kill Mordecai, and he made this seventy-five feet tall stick that he was gonna put Mordecai on. And then one of the king officials said, in front of his house, he has a seventy-five foot pole that he was supposed to put Mordecai on. So the king like, oh yeah, bet, go put him on it in front of his house. So the king ends up killing Haman, putting him on that same stick that he had for Mordecai on that same evening, on that same night. Victory, right? For Queen Esther and her uncle Mordecai. So the king turned around and gave all of Haman's stuff to the queen and she made her uncle or her cousin I don't know why I keep saying her uncle he she made her cousin over all of Haman's household and all of his goods and he was over everything he was managing it now he's second in command of the kingdom But the plot thickens because whatever decree that the king put out, it cannot be reversed. It cannot be taken away. So what Esther and Mordecai did, well, she left it up to Mordecai. They had to go out 
and create this other decree that went out, I believe, March 7th to overpower the cities that no one tried to harm them. Anybody tried to harm them, they can go ahead and carry out that decree on March 7th because the first decree that Haman had made was supposed to be issued. The plot was to kill all of them a year later on March 7th. And on April 17th, a decree was written. So, Mordecai and Esther um, came up with a decree that came out, I believe on that same day or maybe the day before, that they could defend themselves against anybody who would stand up against the Hebrew people. And basically, like, they could take their stuff and they could slaughter them, whoever tried to. So once this decree came out, everybody was scared because where these people were, they were plotting to kill them, which I'm pretty sure people were silly enough to be like, yeah, March 7th, I'm going to get you, da 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 So everybody who spoke against them, everybody who they thought would kill them, when they issued that decree, they striked first. And so they ended up killing over 500 people the first day and they this went on from March 7th and then they issued another decree that they can do it on March 8th as well so they the, the Hebrews were out killing people for those two days getting revenge back on their enemies who would try to kill them on that day that Haman had set out because Haman was gone and that's that's another thing sometimes people are dead like you'll go and they you know kill somebody this this and that but his damage that he did while he was here that decree was still living and pending so esther and mordecai had to figure out how to turn that around and the king told them i'll do anything that you want me to do but i can't turn anything around that i said but glory to god that um they were able to issue decrees and smart enough to issue decrees that actually um ended up turning it all around in their favor and there is a jewish festival festival of pruim because he cast lots for their lives so they turned this into a festival of pruim around that time they celebrate march 7th and march 8th what queen esther and mordecai put into place where their lives were spared and they are to eat and celebrate and be merry and share food with their neighbors and so Queen Esther was a boss. So that's my tidbit. It's not really a testimony this time. It's just highlighting um, a woman in the Bible. As we know, there are few women in the Bible. And so I wanted to do that this month. And it's National Women's Month. And I can just only hope to be as um, brave as Esther was in this time that she was going through and seeking God and still holding on to her faith in a foreign land and to actually sacrifice herself for the greater good of her people because she could have easily just sat down and just watched it all played out and still been living good under the king and hoping and praying that nobody figured out who she was. And then also, my takeaway from it was Jesus said, There is no greater love than the one who lied down for the life of a friend. And so, 
I believe Esther did this. She did this for her friends. She did this for her family. She did this for her people. She did this, you know, for her village. And so that just makes it a whole boss for me. And so I can only pray in times of adversity that I'm as strong as her. Hopefully I never have to lay down my life. Um, and it never said if she had kids with the king. Um, you know, things like that. Where her kids be in danger. You know, we knew her family and her friends was. So for her to be so brave and say, after three days, once I do this, um fasting and praying I'll go before him and we'll see what it is so I hope you guys find encouragement with that and just know that um God can do all things he's always present in us he's always here for us we just have to tap into those spiritual resources um from him and, you know, just try our best to stay in the word every day, stay in our devotionals. And this will help us to choose the right things. When they say cover your cover yourself in the armor every day, we should be covering ourselves from the top of our heads um, to our feet in the armor of God. Because there are going to be adversities. There are going to be big adversities that come us there come up on us they're going to be small adversities going to be multiple adversities in a day and we just have to learn how to tap into those spiritual tools that we have to get us to the next level or to get us through the things that we are going through without causing you know any mental health any harm to our body any stress any physical stuff that is going to wear our bodies out in the long run because we need our Bible, our bodies and our minds um, to keep running this race called life, you know, and being obedient and working for the kingdom. So we need that. So I just thought this was awesome. I hope you guys, um, if you haven't looked into the book of Esther or if you read it before, read it again and see if you got the takeaways that I got from it. It was so awesome. Um, I love doing this. Um, basically sharing the stories with my own little twist on it. Um, let me let me know what you guys. Let me know what you guys think about the episode. If you're watching on Facebook, you can leave it in the comments, or feel free to email us at Tuesday Testimony Podcast at Gmail, or leave any comments on our website at Tuesday Testimony with so this is the question and answer segment of the show i'm not doing it live um i just wanted to leave it open if you guys have any questions in regards to this episode or any other episodes or question for queen mo myself um contact me at tuesday testimony podcast at gmail.com email is always the best way or you can go to our website, Tuesday Testimony with QueenMo.com, and leave a message in the comments if you would like to be featured on the show. There's also a link down below in the description, or also to give a praise report if you want to be a part of our community and any questions or any opening topics that you would like to throw out or you would like Queen Mo to discuss. Follow our Facebook page as well, Tuesday Testimony with Queen Mo.
thank you and any answers that I get I will answer them on the following episode next week welcome to the praise report segment I love this this is the best part of the segment for me giving other people's praise reports or giving my own because we need some positivity we need to hear that God is working and moving in other people's lives because that help encourage us as well so the praise report that I received from the Facebook page is from Shakia Shakia praise report was blessed to be alive and to see another day I want to have Shakia on the show <laughs> so she can give her testimony as well. But thank you, Shakia, for giving us your praise report for the day. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That, um, you know, you're here and alive and healthy and just everything. I'm, I'm so glad for that as well. My praise report um, for myself is this weekend I was able to have a first cousins trip with my cousins um i have been wanting and had this vision since last year i'm so happy that it came together it's also the 12th anniversary of my mother's death which was march 5th so i was happy to be surrounded by my sister um which me and my sister are always together on that day certain days um you know when it comes to mom we are together on that day so that we can support each other and love each other and I had my cousins with me as well and to hear their stories about her and how she impacted their lives and how we were just able to be there as women and support each other and have fun and let our hair down and leave the kids at home and just be women and embrace each other and love on each other. So that was just awesome. Um... I don't have anything on the Tuesday test. I actually should post a picture on my Tuesday testimony with Queen Mo Facebook page. Um, be sure to follow and to join that page. You can actually watch the podcast from there as well. Um, so I will leave a link for that, um, for that praise report in there as well. And as always, if you guys want to give one, feel free to email or send it to the website or actually post on the Facebook page. So that is it for this segment, guys. That's it for the praise report and this episode. Keep God first and the rest will follow. I love you guys so, so much. And see you next Tuesday. Peace.